0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rippy writes with Brian Scott. Transcript can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you
1: have
2: what is up on a tuesday i'm brian scott rippy thanks for tuning in to another edition of the rippy rights podcast today we have on the people's champion mark harris of skybox nascar Uh, you can check him out on twitter at skybox nascar had him on for our second annual nascar for dummies preview we got into his betting process how he profited 200 units last year on the NASCAR season, what to look for, any physical altercations. And uh, we rehashed my summer journey into an Xfinity race. So enjoyed it as always. Enjoy learning a little bit more about NASCAR and everything that goes into it and did a little preview of the 2023 season. So looking forward to it. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. I certainly did before we get to that though, I want to remind you the podcast is brought to you by skybox sports fix. Who is skybox sports fix? Well, glad you asked that the world's best gambling handicapping website, the inventors of the skybox matrix interval and advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. You know the deal. If you're into the sports wagering game and you're not using Skybox, you're just missing out. They absolutely murder it in college basketball, hitting at well over 60% on the year. If you missed out on football season, that's on you, particularly if you lost money, because I guarantee you didn't profit like Skybox did. All you have to do is go online, skyboxsportspicks.com, check out a picks package that fits your price range. You can try it for a day, a week, a month. You can pick all sports, any sport, whatever you want. They've got it for you. Buy it. Use the promo code Rippy R I P P E E. That'll get you 20% off any purchase. And then they'll send you your picks in a color coded spreadsheet. And boom, you're more equipped to profit than you were five minutes before. Stop paying the bookie. Have him pay you. Check them out. SkyboxSportsPicks.com. Podcast is also brought to you by LB's University Avenue, there in Oxford. If you're a RIPPY Ride subscriber, that's RIPPYRIGHTS.Substack.com. Get a free newsletter from me and discounted meats. Right now, it is three six ounce bacon wrap fillets for 20 bucks. That's about a $40 valuation. You're just getting to for 20 bucks to kick off your grilling weekend. Then go find all of your own favorites. LB's University Avenue in Oxford is the best butcher shop in the world. Go check them out when you're in town. Craig's the man. Go give LB's your business. All right, here is Mark Harris of Skybox NASCAR. All right, we now welcome on recurring guest Mark Harris. Who is Mark Harris? Well, I'm glad you asked. He's the NASCAR gambling handicapping guru. We are back on for our We'll call it our second annual edition in NASCAR for dummies. There's only one dummy on the microwaves or the micro good God. I can't even say microphone microphone these days. We, uh, we've done now three pods as counting this one. Now, when I first got ingratiated with skybox, we did one kind of mid year. And then we did like a season preview last year. We're back at it again. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing good, man. A lot has changed uh, since the last time I came on here. Um, but I, I, have, I am forever indebted to you because you were the first podcast that I ever came on. Um, and now I got a whole mic deal. I got the headphones. I got everything rocking and rolling. And um, I'm looking forward to NASCAR with dummies. Although some of the things that come out of my mouth on my own <laughs> podcast are very dumb. So you're not the only one holding a microphone that's dumb around here.
2: That's the beautiful thing about podcasts. You say whatever the hell you want. And people yeah. are stuck with it. There's no commercial breaks. No nothing. But you're right. A lot has changed since last time. So last time we were on, you were actually doing the pod. I believe there's a steering wheel in the picture. I think you had an <laughs> iRace going. Now you're just the official pod setup. You look like a NASCAR Joe Rogan over there. You got the headphones, you got the mic, you got your O-Pod, which we'll get to in a second, but just the setups change. And then the other thing is different is I'm no longer a NASCAR virgin, even though I actually didn't do NASCAR. I went to the Xfinity Cup thing uh, back in May, that race, that was an all-star race for NASCAR. But anyway, we'll dive into that. I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. But let's just start out off the top. So you now have a podcast. You've entered the podcasting space. I know you emulated everything you do off just watching the art that's created on this podcast every time. Tell the people about your podcast.
1: Yeah, so uh, about a year ago this time, it was, it was late February, Uh this guy by the name of Derek Yoder. And by the way, I got to restart. Sorry. Rob... Ra- there have been a lot of people that have just handed me these opportunities. Skybox Sports, Derek Yoder. Uh, I've talked about. Obviously, I'm Skybox NASCAR, but how I got my start was Skybox Sports. I just started a burner account and I said, "Let me throw out some picks. It'll be fun." And then he kind of steered me in the right direction, and um, so that was 2020. And then I did, you know, just the Twitter stuff through 2020, and then into 2021. Well. February of 2022, this guy, Derek Yoder, sends me a DM on Twitter and says, um, hey, I'm doing this Wednesday night Twitter spaces uh, and we're just going to talk NASCAR if you want to join. I'm like, I mean, sure, I'll come like, hang out and talk NASCAR. Well, little did I know that that show ended up producing over like 200,000 uh, expressions and 80,000 views or whatever, it's crazy numbers. And so... Like every Wednesday, I'm like, I got to be on my T's and P's, dude, I got to be or P's and Q's. I'm like, I got to, I got to get ready for this. I got to prepare for this. I've never done a live show. I just started this as a joke and started talking political mumbo jumbo and this and that (laughs) and the other and just being ridiculous. And then I, I last year. Um, so the, the whole reason I am saying all this is to say that uh, those two people have got me and then, and you, so the three people have got me to where I am today. So we have a podcast, um, on top of the Wednesday night weekly show that's called the NASCAR betting preview show, uh, me and my buddy, Rory picks, who's also on that show. We started a weekly podcast and all we do, we have no script. Um, we have like, I'll prepare a couple questions for our guests. Um, and then all we do is drink beer, talk NASCAR, talk gambling. Um, it's, you know, we want to emulate two dudes sitting on their couch, drinking a beer, talking about sports. That's basically what we're trying to do. So we don't have a script. It's not like radio style. It's kind of just off the rip. And my co-host Rory picks, he is like, he can talk to paint drying and he can also at the same time, talk to a brick wall. So whenever I'm like, cause I'm technically the host cause I ask all the questions, but whenever I have no idea what to say or what I'm doing, cause I'm just getting started into this, I just throw it over to him. So, uh, it's been a match made in heaven. We're on our 20th episode coming out this week. Um, and we got, we got NASCAR this weekend. So this is perfect timing to, uh, you know, get, get all over the place, get some marketing out there. And I appreciate you having us on.
2: Oh, I, I look forward to this every year. And I even did some more research as I was alluding to a second ago. So you may have included in there, what is the podcast name? Is it the same as the betting preview show? Well, we got name wise, where can people find it?
1: Yeah. Example number one, a rookie starting a podcast. <laughs> the name of the podcast is called the Lay and Coin Podcast. It's on Spotify right now. Um, and I used to just tweet out every week the link and that's how everybody got it. And then Elon decided that he didn't like promoting other podcasts social media platforms so those spotify links no longer work at least i think um but yeah we're on spotify laying coin podcast um and we'll be out every week i still have a full-time job um so can't tell you that it's going to be out every wednesday or every thursday but it'll be out you know before the race starts put it that way
2: That's the beauty of podcasting is like you mentioned kind of just two guys or three guys sitting around like think like as if they're like drinking a beer on the couch, they might have a microphone in front of them. That is very much as you've probably experienced at this point, what this podcast does, because I don't send people notes. I don't really have any like planned topics. I mean, we do like our regular football stuff. I'll send like welding some stuff or be like, hey, this is generally where we're going to go. But that's kind of the beauty of it. You can take it any direction you want to. And that's awesome. I'm glad you've gotten in that space. I'm going to have to give it a listen because this NASCAR stuff has since fascinated me. I saying I caught the bug might be a little bit strong because I'm not locked into races every Sunday, but I've kept up with the sport. I Once I saw it up close and personal, it was awesome. And I want to get to that, but first I want to hit the gambling aspect of it. And I know we went over this last year, but like I always kind of like enjoy kind of recouping kind of how you go through your process of doing things. I have the numbers here, but you're going to do a better job of it. You guys murdered it on Skybox NASCAR last year. Give the people just the fact sheet. How well did you do and why they should sign up for Skybox NASCAR? Because it was pretty historic from what I heard.
1: Yeah, last year was definitely the best year. I've been tracking my bets for three years now. Um, Last year was incredible. We actually hit two to 140-1s in one race, which is single-handedly just – Absurd, right? It, it 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 defined my the the fact sheet. It defined the unit record. But I, I we still hit them, right? So you can't take it away from us. Uh, but a hundred dollar better ended up netting nineteen thousand nine hundred three dollars and fifty cents last year. So oh that equates to one hundred ninety nine units. Um, the Cup Series was was it was sketchy because it was a brand new car and from someone outside the sport. For, it's not like there's one rule change in football or this pitch clock in baseball. it, it I mean, this was a gigantic curveball that was thrown to us. So the cup series was and everybody knew it. So no one was like touting their cup series plays and and whatnot. And so um, I was actually negative for most of the year uh, until the second to last race of the season. Uh, we had an outright and a stage one winner. Um, so we ended up netting 40 units in the cup series. and then we did 32. 0.7 units in the Xfinity series, which is my favorite series, which is just, I consider it like AAA baseball. It's just one, it's a minor league, it's one down, it's a feeder system. However, you want to think about it, that's what it is. It's a little bigger than AAA and it's bigger than any of the other minor leagues because, you know, some of their races are on the mothership NBC and the mothership Fox. Um, but in my opinion, they're all young guys, they're all guys trying to prove themselves. The car is fun to watch. It's just the Xfinity series is tons of fun. And I I'm pretty sure that's the race that you went to. You went to an Xfinity race, which, um, is, is my, my favorite thing to watch. Um, and then we did the truck series, which is just the next level down. And that's the one we hit the 240 to ones in one race. So we ended up, uh, netting 126 units just in the truck series. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, by the numbers, yeah, it was an incredible year. It, it didn't you know, that, the, the big, that big race, uh, where we hit both of them was in October. Um, so, you know, the, the year was shaping up to be just like any other year, you know, you net 30 units, you net 40 units, you net 50 units, somewhere in that range of consistency, you know, hitting at a certain percentage. Um, and then when you, when you, uh, you get lucky, I mean, that's, you put all the pieces together, you put all the, the mind together, all the different numbers and stats and whatnot, you put it all together and, and you don't know what's going to come out the other end. But when you finally land on something like that, it, it's, it's pretty special. So yeah, 2022 was uh, was one hell of a year. And, um, from a, like a Twitter follower perspective, uh, I looked back, I had a memory on my phone at this time last year, I had like 285 followers and we, we broke a thousand back in November. So pretty stoked about that. Um, and yeah, join the train. We're, we're going to have plays for all three races every weekend. We have fun doing it. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of big money payouts. I'm, I'm rambling at this point, but I love talking about gambling on NASCAR. So uh, yeah, it'll be a fun year this year
2: the your skybox nascar has blown up i didn't realize like particularly with the twitter so it's at skybox nascar your twitter is a ton of fun it keeps a guy like me abreast to nascar i always appreciate it when you tag me in whatever the drama latest is going on i love physical altercations i like internet beef so you keep the menu full there but then you mentioned like the car change so like i remember when we did this pod this time last year i was fresh off my uh now fiance and i that's conversation for another day (laughs) we're watching the uh we were into the F1 series and we'd gotten pretty big into it. And so that's a, I guess that's a year behind. So that was, we were watching the recap of the 2021 season. And the big thing was like new car for 2022. So I was like, oh, here I am, Mr. Just Auto Industry at this point. It was like F1's going to a new car. And you're like, NASCAR's doing it as well. And so it's such a big change, as you mentioned. It's not like one rule change or something. I, if I remember correctly, you actually gave the picks out for an X amount of time for free because skybox king of of transparency here was just like look we got that we got to figure this out as we go type of thing but it was that big of an adjustment at the beginning of the year right because an all-new car you're like look we got to figure this out i'm not going to charge people for this so you what a couple like weeks a month or so you guys actually gave it out for free until you kind of found your footing on the differences in the old car and the new car and all that Mm -hmm.
1: right yeah that's exactly how it went and i actually so that was the plan to start last year and then when this uh, Twitter space is the NASCAR betting preview show uh, on Wednesday nights was really starting to take off. I, I had a serious conversation with the guys over at skybox sports and I'm like, listen, this is an opportunity for me to really, you know, grab my footing in this industry and, and really grab onto something. And I really think the only way to do that is to go put the picks out for free. And so that's what we're going to, we did the second half of last year and we're going to continue doing that this year. Basically. I mean, I don't need the money. For someone to subscribe, and I want everybody to cash, right? The reason we did that last year for the new car is we had no idea what was go- we, we were going to expect. Um, the the quote old car it'll be old car and new car, but there's a we're we're currently on the seventh generation of NASCAR stock cars, um, so everything from Gen one to Gen six was basically technology that was created in like the seventies. And it was just these big hunk of blocks that had a lot of power that were so ugly. It's just a brick flying through the air. And, you know, road courses were really fun to watch as a fan, but the drivers like hated it. It was so hard to drive. It was changing the direction with these 3,500 pound cars. And, Anyway, there, there was just a change that needed to happen in NASCAR, and so what they did. I don't know if you you see anything about the Rolex 24, the 24 hour race in Daytona that just wrapped up this past weekend.
2: I have seen that. I read that as part of my uh, Google search and research.
1: Yeah. So the they they tried to take a lot of technology from quote sports cars, um, and so that's what they did. They put a rear diffuser. Or a diffuser under the car. They have a digital dash. They have actually a, a video. The rear, the rear view mirror is a camera that's on the back of the car. There, there's a. I can go on and on and on about all the different technical changes. But basically, the only thing that didn't change was the seat and the the safety equipment around your head. Like even the steering wheel changed. The lug nuts on the on the rims change. I mean everything changed. So we're going into 2022 last year going well i can't use any of the stats that i used for the last couple years that i've been doing this going into the season i have no idea what to expect we don't even know what the racing is going to be like at daytona which it's been the same since 2003 2004 or i guess earlier than that it's been the same for 20 years we know exactly what we're going to get and we just had no idea and going into that as a gambler and someone that you know the pressure's on you 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 got to go find, you got to go beat the market. You got to go find those lines that you like. And people are looking at you for picks and, and winners really. So that was very difficult. And so I just made the executive decision. I'm like, listen, I, I can't charge people be, knowing deep down that I have no idea what this is going to be like. I have no clue, especially Daytona too, where they, they race so close together. And it, it turned out that the, the racing at Daytona didn't change much, but the racing elsewhere did, there were parts, failures, um, there were guys trying to learn how to r- r- drive the car and they were getting loose and spinning and they would have never done that. I mean, veteran experienced drivers just, just get loose and wrecking off. Uh, no one's touching them. Just crazy stuff like that happened all year long. Um, a lot of, you know, some of the, some of the guys that usually finished 20th to 30th were finishing top 10, top 15 more consistently. So, okay. Now when, you know, last or two years ago in 2021, if I'm looking at a, an odds board, I can basically stop after the top, you know, 15 for the outright market. Well, now that's, that's, we're getting down into 20, 22, 23 drivers that have a legitimate shot to win a race. Um, and so that's, you know, if you can get ahead of the curve and get some of these guys that are typically finishing in the twenties that are, you know, might get a top 10 for you, you could grab them at six to one, seven to one, eight to one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were things that we could use to our advantage for the new car, but a lot of things that just everything was so different and we just didn't know what to expect. But now we got a year under our belts. Um, the guy we had on our podcast last week's name's Dave Green. He used to work in, uh, work in NASCAR. He was a mechanic. He was a driver. Uh, And he says, expect a lot of the same for this year, which is just basically chaos in the Cup Series. Just shit not going right, right? There's a part shortage. There's this, there's that. There's just so much stuff going on. So I I would heed the warning to everybody out there. No matter how confident someone is in a Cup Series bet, second guess it. Because it's just, yes, am I going to continue to bet it all year long? Absolutely, right? I love doing it. I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to try my best to find the the nooks and crannies that I can squeeze in before the books get a hold of it, the new car, because that's another conversation. And once again, I'm rambling, but another conversation is, okay, Vegas doesn't know what the hell the car is going to do, right? So there's definitely an opportunity that we as gamblers on NASCAR, if we can get to those lines, those matchups, those outrights, those top threes, top fives before Vegas does, then we've done our job. And so that's what we'll be looking forward to in the Cup Series this year.
2: And one of the things I learned in the first podcast we did, I'm glad you went there because that's what I was going to hit at next. It's like, I get questions all the time from the many Skybox customers we have that listen to this podcast. So It's like, What's their process? How do they do this? How are they picking this? And I'm like, well, hell, I don't know the government secrets of that, but even if I did, I couldn't just give them to you. And it's very interesting from like you know, a sports gambling handicapping perspective, we'll call them the sports with the ball. It's very, very number-centric, right? There's formulas, there's algorithms, there's numbers that you have value on. And you know, when you make money on it consistently, you have to kind of fine-tune your process. And one of the things that I learned. From the first podcast we did is yes you look at stats and you look at some numbers but in NASCAR because it's an auto sport because there's no you know points assists uh, you know rebounds stuff like that there's more variance and so new car old car aside you found you love NASCAR you watch all the races and that's why you're good at this because it's different than other sports where you can really find an edge in Vegas. When you get really knee deep into it, whether I mean, I think you mentioned like head to heads, top 15s and stuff like that, just from watching the races and knowing the track, because at a certain point, even Vegas is not even going to be able to get that deep into it. Because again, it's not just a complete computer model spitting out a formula, right? Like a lot of what you do is based on watching every single week, correct?
1: Yeah. So the uh, a guy we've had on our podcast a couple of times who hosts a NASCAR podcast with Todd Furman, believe it or not, his name's Chris Worm. Wow. And he, yeah, he calls it the eye test. You always got to have the eye test in motorsports. No, no matter if you're betting Formula One, if you're betting NASCAR, uh, sports cars, MotoGP, whatever it is, you got to have the eye test. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't look at numbers because I do. I, there's a lot of good information out there. There's probably four or five websites that I'm subscribed to uh, that pays off, by the way, pays off within the first couple of months. Um, but they have, you know, track history per driver. They have, uh, you know, once we get farther into the season, they'll have, you know, comparable track types. So there's certain tracks that are similar to other tracks. And so, you know, if if, let's use Joey Logano for an example, he's last year, he was really good on short flat tracks. So he won three races on quote, short flat tracks, one being the championship, uh, one singular meaning the championship at the end at Phoenix, that's a short flat track. So when, when you're, when you're looking, that's the first place I'll look and, you know, I, and I already have the knowledge of, okay, you know, this team has this car and this potential. I already kind of have that in the back of my mind. Okay. This, you know, we got Denny Hamlin, Kyle Bush, Martin Truex. They're going to be fast this week. Logano probably going to be fast. Chase Elliott's going to be fast. Kyle Larson. And then, and then you got to get into the nitty gritty. Then you got to go look at, okay. So in the last five races at Phoenix, Chase Elliott's finished. Uh, average finish of 12th which is not great for him but kyle larson on the other hand has an average finish of fifth and you're going okay maybe chase elliott doesn't perform well at phoenix so then you go back and say okay what happened in those races to chase elliott Did he wreck? Did it w- w- was he just slow uh you know what happened to kyle larson did he get lucky on pitch strategy to get up at the front was it raw speed so you, you look at all these different things and then that's before the cars even hit the track the car, we, we, we finally got practice and qualifying back this year in 2021 or 2020 and 2021. We didn't have it, which stunk for us because we didn't know what the hell was going to happen. But now uh, NASCAR actually releases lap by lap data and we have guys in our stable that will do heat charts. And. Basically, the longer the green is for that driver, the faster they're, they're, they're going to be. So it's pretty simple. I just I, you know, I pay a subscription. I pull this up after practice and I know who's going to be fast on the short run, on the long run. And then I go and say, OK, what has Vegas done to these two these drivers in a matchup after practicing qualifying? If they haven't done anything, I'm jumping all over it. And, you know, if they've corrected the market, you know, maybe I'll bypass and go look at something else. Um, The toughest thing to do, in my opinion, when you're betting on a NASCAR race is betting something or beating the market, meaning pre-practice qualifying versus post-practice qualifying. So you could have Kyle Larson at 10 to 1 before practicing qualifying. He goes out and practices first and qualifies first. And now he's all of a sudden four and a half to one. That's the most difficult part about net betting NASCAR, because those guys at the top, those top five or six guys, you know, they could open at 10 to one, but, and you know, that they're, they could very well go out there, sit on the pole, start first and go dominate the race and and you'll never get action on them because the line has moved so much. So that's where the, you know, the track history results, that's where the knowledge of what kind of equipment they have um, you know, what has the driver been saying on social media? They, you know, what have they been saying in interviews? Have they been on a podcast this week? Like, Denny Hamlin's coming out with his own podcast, which is going to be a home run. I hope. I, I think it's going to be because he is just, he lets it rip. He doesn't hold anything back. So that's something that I'll listen to every week, probably. Just if I can get one thing from that podcast, if he says, oh, Kyle Bush is going to be quick this week, or mm, I don't know about, Chase Elliott this week. He might not be quick. You can kind of pick up on certain things or if he says something about his car or his history at a certain track, you say, okay, maybe I'll stay away from Denny Hamlin this week. So there's just a lot of things that go into it, but primarily I would say the bread and butter is made on matchups. And and I've said this for, for years. This is, this has stayed true. Matchups is where you make all your money. You can hit the 140 to one. You can hit the outright, you can hit the futures bet, But if you're not hitting matchups or top 10s at a consistent rate, you won't you won't profit. That you know, that's where you make your money. So when you look at that practice and qualifying and those heat charts and those that green fade that goes out, the longer it goes out, that's who I want to bet on. So then I'll go to the market and say, okay, what has Vegas done? Nothing. There's my play.
2: So before we get into like NASCAR and everything this year and kind of get into the season preview, I mentioned at the top of this, I'm no longer a uh, NASCAR virgin even though I'm, it's not the uh, it was not the Cup series is the Xfinity series and I think I may have told a version of this story on the pod at the time, but it's last May, I'm living in Dallas still talk talk about a similar thing and a lot has changed since. I get a text from a buddy on like a Wednesday that was like Stuart Sally, probably the second greatest product of Cleveland, Mississippi, outside of my guy, Michael Portner. But he was like, Hey, this girl I work with has these tickets where I think we're going to get to go like tour the garage for this all-star race, which is for the cup series, obviously that weekend in Arlington. And so I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever I'm in. That sounds awesome. I don't have anything to do this Saturday. So we show up at the track and it's me, him, his roommate, and another buddy of his. And I have no idea what I'm getting into. I just want to go see some cool stuff, maybe see the race, whatever. And then, like, we're just just kind of going. Hopefully they serve alcohol at these things. I had supreme confidence that would be the case at a NASCAR race. When we get there and we go pick up these passes, and I was like, Stuart, where would you get these? He was like, well, this girl I work with, her dad has them or something. He's real into this stuff. So, all of a sudden, we get the passes, and we're like, all right, where do we need to go? And, like, we're being chauffeured, like, not chauffeured, but, like, directed by these people on the ground. all of a sudden, they're telling us to go under where the stadium is. And all of a sudden, next thing I know, we're, like, rolling into the infield. And I was like, all right, well, this is kind of cool. We'll see where this goes. So, we park. Honest to God, we walked around, like, four biggest idiots of all time for about 45 minutes. None of us, nobody, like, Stewart had no clue. None of us had any clue what's going on. We go and meet this lady who's with Josh Williams, who's in the Xfinity series, and was like, yeah, I'm here to show you all around. But the craziest part about it when we first got in there is they have, I don't know what the NASCAR term is, but the paddocks is what they would call it in F1, like the garage and all that. We're just walking around. I'm sure if I had tried to touch anything, someone would have, like, tackled me or some shit. But we're just walking around, like, no one's questioning us, no one's knowing one what, like no one's questioning anything. Hell, there's a Torchies on the infield, like a full-blown <laughs> torties restaurant that we ate at. So I'm like, this is unbelievable, but like what are we doing? And so then we walk on, like where they have the cars set up, kind of on pit lane before and we're getting to see all that. I think someone in the group may have tried to touch a car. That was a huge no-no. You had a guy come out of the sky and was like, Hey, oh yeah. did not touch that, which I kind of get now, right? You don't know, want people screwing with the cars, seems like an obvious thing. Then the lady takes us to this RV and i'm like i don't understand like i'm having a great time don't get me wrong but i don't understand what we're doing or like what this is at all i have no clue
1: so let me it, stop you real quick let me stop you one of the great, there, there's two things that separate nascar from any other sport number 1 you can bring your own beer in as long yeah. as it's not glass you bring whatever you want in number 2 you can literally buy at most tracks most nascar owned tracks you can buy a a in a garage pass for like 35 or 40 bucks and just walk around Wherever you want to go. Yeah. Just walk around. As long as you don't fuck with anybody, as long as you don't, you know, get in someone's way, you could do whatever you want. Right. And it's like like
2: literally whatever you want. There's no like ropes. There's no people telling you don't go in here. As your point, if you're not acting like an idiot, you can literally go wherever. It was crazy.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, I will say this. The passes that you had were definitely more than what you could buy. I'll I'll tell you that because you can't. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there's there's limitations. Right. But but yes, they're the point is they're accessible. Right. You can get them. It's not like you ain't going. I mean, even the Daytona 500, the biggest race that NASCAR has, I consider it the Super Bowl of racing. You ain't getting uh, you ain't getting 100 yards away from Patrick Mahomes for the entirety of next week but you will be face-to-face face with Chase Elliott within five feet and no one, will, no one will bat an eye.
2: It's it's nuts. So we get on this, this bus that's an RV and we go and meet the guy who was the girl who gave us the ticket to my buddy's dad. So I'm like, okay, this guy clearly seems like he knows what he's doing. He just had gave off the vibe that he was a heavy hitter and was just into the mix of this whole thing. So we're on the bus and I get handed a bush light as if anything could be more cliche. I'm drinking it. And they're like, everybody clear out, Josh is coming in. At the time, I don't really know who Josh is. Like, I know we were here with a racer. I, I guess I could have put two together. His name is Josh. Well, everyone's like, like kidding to the side of this skinny RV and I get elbowed and all of a sudden bush light goes to the floor. So I'm like five minutes into this thing. I know nobody and I've spilled a bush light on this RV. So I'm like, well, this isn't great. So I like rushed to clean it up. The guy was nice about it. He's like, no, 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 no problem. It's not that big a deal. i cleaned it up like literally. Probably faster than a pit crew. I was like, give me that. I'm not screwing this opportunity up. Well, then Josh walks on the bus. He's got the mullet. He's got the goatee. Great head of hair. If I had half a brain, I'd have been like, oh, this guy's about to race. But I'm so, like, overwhelmed by everything that's going on. I'm like, who is this dude? And he goes back in the back, and he's like, I'm putting on the fire suit. And I was like, so this guy's clearly on the crew. And then, like, someone nudges, like, that's the driver. Like, this is – and then I starts coming together. The guy I'd been talking to – This is basically his car, like his race team or whatever you want to call it. I guess not Mm though he doesn't own the whole, whole team, but he finances this car. So this is his deal. And next thing I know, I'm two feet away from Josh Williams sitting on like his bunk bed area. And I was like, oh, this guy's about to go like real fast in a car here. So I was like, this is unbelievable. So then we kind of started putting together, like, what our job is here. And they had basically given us these tickets to be kind of Josh's, like, hype people, for the lack of a better phrase. We go follow him down. They do the driver announcements where they, like, shoot off all the fireworks and he goes on the stage. And when he walks off stage, like, the lady was like, y'all act real excited when he walks off and he's behind <laughs> you and he has the camera. So, like, literally did I know I'm just basically like an extra in a NASCAR boy band. I'm supposed to be just – pumped about it, which I I could, I didn't even know if you caught faking it, but I was like, I can oblige here. I can get jacked up about this. And then the, another crazy part, talking about whatever you go and wherever you want. We just start following him again. We don't know where we're going. And his crew lines up and they start dapping each other up and we're on the line and he knocks all of us up and then just gets in the car. So we're like standing there as he's getting the cars, the racing started. And then we're like, I don't know where we go after this. Then we start walking down like the pit row again. And I was like, where are we sitting? Like, what is this supposed to happen here? They launched a human out of a cannon. I don't know. If, I don't know if you're supposed to say midget these days. I don't know if it was a regular size guy or a normal guy, but they literally launched this guy out of a cannon to start the race onto this thing. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, I think I sent you some videos of this. I'm up in like the little, uh, the crew thing behind him. Yeah, yeah, like watching the whole thing. And I'm just sitting there looking the whole time, like, how are we allowed to do this? Like, <laughs> how is anyone allowing someone like how me? did you
1: land in this position? <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Why am I here right now and how is this allowed? No one knows us, no one like likes or dislikes as they literally met us five minutes ago. And they're just happy as can be. I mean, like, this is what this does. Now, granted, the dudes on the front row who are racing, you know, you leave them alone for the most part. Mm-hmm. But even one guy was like, here, put on this for a second. And, like, you got to listen to it. It was one of the coolest sports things I've ever experienced. It was unbelievable. I it still at a loss to this day why anyone allowed us to do such a thing. <laughs> but, man, it was fun. And how fast and how loud that stuff is blew my mind. I had an absolutely terrific time. It was unbelievable.
1: So if I had to guess, and I don't know, but you were – the way that you described it was that you were there with the sponsor of the car. So the guy that you were yeah. like, that's fine. Yeah. So, like, Josh Williams is a middle tier guy in the Xfinity series, but great guy, great head of hair, great interviews. Terrific and, head of hair. If you put yeah. NASCAR
2: driver in a dictionary, that our guy's got the look.
1: <laughs> he does, dude. He's got a dad bod. He's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Josh Williams. So he, uh, the, he probably has, I don't know how many there, of you there were four or five, three or four. Yeah. Four Like of chase Elliott might have like 30 of you from Napa oh, really? all wearing the Napa stuff, you know, out there in the front hooting and hollering. This is great advertising, great marketing. So it's the same concept. And it's just for Josh Williams. So that's actually a really cool experience that you got to do. That's something that I've never been able to do. I've never sat on a pit box for a race um, last year was the first year, you know, I told you earlier that the NASCAR betting preview show was starting to take off. So I got to, I got some media passes. I got to go to Bristol, uh, Daytona, Homestead, Atlanta, and I basically got to walk anywhere that I wanted to. And that was, you know, being a lifelong fan. And then finally having the ability to go do all of those things that I dreamt of yeah. as a child. And like the experience that you had that you'll never forget. And you had probably never watched a NASCAR race before that in your life, but you get to do so many things. And and I tell people it's similar to the concept of golf. If your girlfriend bitches about, oh, that's a bad example. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. If you have a buddy that doesn't like golf, well, you probably shouldn't be buddies with him. But anyway, if you have a buddy that doesn't like golf, and he's like, oh, you're watching golf on Sunday afternoon. Like, let's put on something else. So I'm going to take a nap. Well, people say the same thing about NASCAR. But if you go to a golf tournament or you go play golf, you're like you have a whole new appreciation yes. for what the sport of golf is same thing with tennis too if if you're like oh we're watching tennis on it well go try to play it and then tell me right and it's the same concept you, you go to the race and yeah you may not be an avid fan after that but you'll i guarantee you you won't say no to another opportunity like that right oh, i mean it's just better. the the I, I see nascar through a tiny tunnel vision lens because i love it so much and i don't really look at all the negativity and some of the boringness like there was a race at Martinsville that had like three lead changes and like the least amount of passing since like the 80s and I loved every second of it I, I couldn't get enough of it so there's certain things that are come out of my mouth on podcasts and on Twitter and that is just I have such a minute view of the sport because I love it so much so you know I I, I talk a lot of positivity about NASCAR but partially because I love it so much and partially because, well, I'm a media member now, I guess. And, um, now I call it like, I see it too. If there's, if there's stuff going on that I don't agree with, okay, I'll pull the trigger on something that I maybe or maybe not should have tweeted. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, the, the experience at a NASCAR race is like none other. And if you have a chance to go to F one in Vegas or F one in Miami or F one in Austin, highly recommend it. They're very expensive tickets because they only come to America a few times. But my point is any motorsport event. And if you, if you have a connotation about any sort of auto racing or motorsport, and you've never been to an event, just do me a favor, zip the lips until you've gone to one or talk positively about it, but go experience it. You, you've got to go see it with your own eyes, hear it. Just see all the moving parts, the amount of people that it takes to put this stuff on. I mean, it's it, it's clearly not as big as the big four and a lot of the you know stick and ball sports or even golf for that matter. Um, but it, it's it's a big time, it's a big time sport.
2: You're exactly right. And it hooked me. I follow Josh Williams on every social media now. Like if I have like if I ever get in just a conversation where like who's your driver, which I don't know how many of those I've gotten into today, but I can at least blurt out a name now. Like it it worked, obviously, it hooked me. And you're exactly right about that. As someone who's like covered sports for a while and before, I always had that mindset where it's like, You know, I might not watch EPL soccer, but I'm not going to be dump on soccer guy because I'm sure if I went to a game or that was my thing, there's aspects of it that are just awesome. I just don't have the bandwidth without MC wanting to kill me to what, you know, I have a limited sports menu. So if I start watching EPL every Sunday morning, she's like, what's wrong with you? Like eventually (laughs) we got to do something here. But point being, I always had an open mind of just like, hey, if even if it's not my thing, I bet it's awesome if you like it. And that's a prime example of that. And I bet there's not that many sports that are as accessible as NASCAR is, where they just let you do stuff like that, as I just outlined, where it's like some schmuck like me is just walking around, allowed to apparently do whatever, as long as you don't touch the cars, was mind-blowing to me. So, like, the last thing I have on this is is it was fascinating to me to see that and see how fast they go and see the amount of work that goes into it and all that. What's a guy like – So I got into I talked to the guy up top, actually on the roof of his RV, the guy that kind of sponsors the team. And he started going into some numbers. And I was really blown away about, one, the amount of money it takes to put in a car each week. But also the return on investment made a lot of sense to me. And I don't remember the specific numbers, but I remember walking away being like, okay well, I'm not rich enough to do this, but I get why people do it type of thing. But like a driver like Josh Williams, what's that guy? Like, does he make real money? What's he clearing? Like, what is he rich? Where is he on like the the athlete scale of like, what's up like money wise?
1: That's a great question. Um, so he makes enough money to be a race car driver full time and enjoy himself. Okay. It's, it's hard though. It, it's hard. And he's, he, I don't think he's been full time for a couple of years now. And that's even harder. um, the the this is the only way that I know how to explain this and then if I don't answer your question about how much money Josh Williams makes ask so me again after this but I want to go ahead yeah
2: but real quick you said you don't think he's not full time
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
3: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: Well, he—he, he, I don't think he has been the last few years. Now he may run, like Xfinity has 33 races. He may race... You know, 28 of them, 29 of them. Okay. Okay. But I don't think Josh Williams has been full time. But um, anyway, so the, the, all right, let me answer your question first and then yeah, I'll yeah, go into my spiel. I'm going to say that Josh, Josh Williams, so not Josh Allen, Josh Williams probably takes home a few hundred thousand a year. That's my guess. That's
2: not a bad living. That, it's science. not a
1: bad, that's my guess. And, and a lot of these guys that, do, so Josh runs out of a small shop. He's a quote, underfunded driver, which is not a knock on him and it's not a negative thing. It just is what it is. He's not a mega millionaire and he can't fund his own operations like some people do. Um, I would say, you know, he's probably got, you know, merchandise sales. He's probably got brand deals. He's got a salary from the team. He probably takes a percentage of, you know, his purse winnings. I would say at the end of the day, a a few hundred thousand. That's my guess. Now, the problem with, funding nascar is it's probably the closest that you can get to being a regular person with money to get into a sport yeah. right so you could sponsor a truck for one race for maybe 10 grand right you could sponsor have
2: done that you mentioned that last oh, yeah a pod, yeah right? they'll sponsor it for one race i forget who it was but you're like this guy sponsored this for one race
1: yeah you know what's funny is uh we've we've returned to nashville super speedway and uh if you go to the truck in the Xfinity cars, there's probably seven or eight different country music stars on the hood of these cars for just <laughs> one race. It's pretty funny. Uh, but but it gives them an opportunity to bring their record label and bring their band and bring whoever, their partners, to come, hey, come to this event. We're on the car. We'll get to meet so-and-so. And we'll get to do this and that, and uh, we'll get some good notoriety for our new album or our new tour or whatever. But the problem is, is that it is so expensive to fund a NASCAR operation. The cup series. Okay. So this was one of the reasons why we got this new car and it's all the same quote, the same, all the parts come from the same supplier. The only thing that's like different is the engine. Like people can push the gray area on the engine. They're not supposed to touch anything else. Right. And it's, it's NASCAR. They're going to try to cheat. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. I mean, everybody cheats. Football vibes. It's it's a, well, it's a race to get caught. It really is. I mean, they, and you get caught and you get a slap on the wrist and like a $50,000 fine. And for these cup teams, it's like, oh, boo-hoo, you caught me this time. Try and again <laughs> next time. But anyway, it's so expensive. So before 2022, it's it's a, it was about $25 to $30 million per car in the cup series, Ooh. which is a gigantic number. But when you look at it, The what what could the Cowboys sell for today?
2: Yeah, a couple billion.
1: Right. Okay. So, if Hendrick Motorsports, which is the echelon of NASCAR Cup Series, they're probably only selling for a quarter of a billion to 250, 300 million.
4: Now, that's like
1: number one. I mean, why? Yeah, it's chump (laughs) change by Jerry Jones, Shad Khan, you know, Robert Kraft. Yeah, it is chump change. They could stroke a check for that, right? So, but it is that's still a large number i mean 30 million dollars to operate Huge. a and so there's there ain't a lot of people out there that can just stroke 30 million dollar checks and then you have guys that have four cars that you know rick hendrick has four cars so that's 120 million a year right so you have to go find sponsors and that's the whole deal about nascar advertising is that sponsor is going to be on that car with however many millions of eyes every sunday watching that brand looking at that oh what is that brand what's what's caterpillar what's skittles or, you know there's a there's a lot of different ways to look at it and the the roi conversation i'm probably not good at g- going to give you a good answer about that but it takes all of these sponsors to fund these operations and for a guy like josh williams he's got to go find these business to business sales guys and get them together and and say, okay, let me go get a, a, a gas company or let me go get like a tire company or, you know, Goodyear, Napa, all these, all these companies. And unless you're mega rich, like uh, uh, Malcolm in the middle, what's his name? Um, I'm, uh, Frankie Munez. So yeah. he's, he's just rich and bored. And so he's starting his own, or he's going to race, he's funding his own racing schedule this year in the arca series which is basically like the fourth series um so there's instances you know riley herps his grandfather owned grocery stores and had the f- was the first store that monster energy drinks were sold in so monster sca- uh sponsors his grandson right so there's there's people that have connections out there that as long as they're wanting to race they'll have the money to race but then you got guys like josh williams who are hell of a race car driver i mean just incredible race car driver but he just doesn't have $30,000 to go race an Xfinity race on any given weekend, right? So he's got to go find, he's basically sponsor dependent. And that is an issue in NASCAR because when you're, when you're on the short tracks, you know, we have one about an hour and a half South of us, uh, down here in Jacksonville, Florida and in, in Palacca, Florida. Um, yeah, you could buy a, a car for 10 grand and, you know, you may spend a couple thousand every weekend. So, you know, if you're making you know, six figures, maybe a little more, you could probably go race at a short track. And that's the way NASCAR used to be. There were, you know, there would be 65 entries to the Daytona 500 and people, the drivers wouldn't even know everybody. I mean, it's just Schmo Joe off the street. As long as you had a a legal car by the specifications, you could come race. And now it's gotten to the point where it's grown so big that, yeah, there's so many eyes on it and it's, it's no longer show up and race. It's now okay, show up and race with a sponsor, a pit crew, and X, Y, and Z, and then we'll give you, we'll lease our car to you. Good luck.
2: Yes. And so that's a good segue into as we kind of get into this actual 2023. You were describing at the top of the podcast of like how to explain the difference between the Cup Series, which is like the big show, the Xfinity Series, and kind of the lower levels above that. And like, correct me, I could be totally off base with this, but it would be like the best way I can think of it is, is if you're a golf person out there, if it the PGA Tour, Played its tournaments. Let's just say they were one day. They played on Sunday, but the Corn Ferry Tour played at the same golf course on Saturday, and then you know maybe you have the Asian Tour or whatever. The Asian Tour playing in the U.S. would make exactly right. You get my point. Third it's row exactly The right. day before that or earlier that day or whatever. But there's also no just exact qualifying systems like top 25 on the Corn Ferry Tour go to the PGA Tour next year. There's no qualifying. So like you know you know if I'm if I have this right like. If somebody like Joe Gibbs Racing is like, Josh Williams, I love the mullet. This guy absolutely just slays it. We want him in our car. They could bring him up for a cup race. And all of a sudden, boom, he's a cup driver for however long they want to have him do it. That's kind of how this works, right? So like the drop-off even is not that much, even though there's not that much between the Corn Ferry Tour and the PJ Tour. But that's kind of how that works. You have these Xfinity drivers that do this, the cup series, but there's no like, um, linear path from the cup, I, from the Xfinity to the cup series, you're just kind of hoping you do well enough to get noticed and get in a cup series car. Is that how that works?
1: That's exactly how that works. And there there's very little qualifications. Um, you have to be 18 years old. Um, you have to, well, you have to be 18 to race on the tracks that are two miles or longer. Um, okay. <laughs> But you you basically they strap you in an ARCA car, which is this is what Frankie Munez is doing. And he he raced a couple of short tracks here and there, but they strap you in an ARCA car and they they take you to these short tracks and they say, Here's how you shift, here's how you you use the clutch, or I hope you know how to use a manual transmission. Uh, and run a couple of laps. And if you're within, you know, a couple seconds of the average lap time, all right, we'll let you race a NASCAR. That's literally how it goes. Now there's once you get past that point. It is literally, if Joe Gibbs said, Josh Williams, I want you in my car for whatever reason, that hair, the the way he talks to people, the way he handles sponsors, whatever, the, yeah, Joe Gibbs can put him in his car. Now, this was a big deal with, well, Kyle Bush had to change teams. He had been with, with Joe Gibbs Racing since like 2005 or 2006, and they Joe Gibbs said it was because they didn't have enough funding for him. They didn't have enough sponsors to, to fund his season. And they couldn't go out and acquire new sponsors. Well, he jumps ship and goes to the eight car and Richard Childress racing in, in a Chevrolet and ha- pops up like five or six sponsors out of nowhere. But my point is any driver can go to any car to any team in any series. Like my favorite driver, Matt DiBenedetto, Benedetto, he raced his way yep. up from, from it. He actually started an Xfinity and then went to cup and drove these shit boxes for like five years. And then finally got his shot. Well, they, he used the funding that the wood brothers, the team already had in Menards motor lane or motor quick, quick lane, whatever. So once they, you know, the sponsors could make the call, they say, okay, well, we don't really like how Matt Benedetto is driving this year. Let's get somebody else in here. And so Matt got demoted down to the truck series and now he's found a, a little small team, kind of similar to Josh Williams family run team. They already have the sponsor, but a guy, Matt DiBenedetto and Josh Williams, are very similar because they're dependent on the team sponsor. It's not like there's, they're going out, the driver's going out and finding the sponsorship and bringing it back in. So it, it, it there's a lot of different reasons. You know, the car owner probably has the ultimate decision making power, but sponsors have decision making power as well, especially guys that, you know, they'll buy the whole, the, the car the whole season for every race. They have a lot of power, like Monster Energy, um, Napa, um, hendrickcars.com some of these big ones you know they could go to rick hendrick and be like hey buddy uh kyle larson ain't cutting it let's get somebody else in there and he's it's either here's my 30 million for the car or uh we're going somewhere else with it
2: it's nuts right i read a little bit about this earlier like sofi stadium like they sponsor like obviously they're the title sponsor for the rams and the charger stadium you know the chargers releasing it but you're right it's so in it. Like. sponsored if so far, I was like, this Stafford guy sucks. Like, he would actually might have some say in being like, let's play some Baker Mayfield. Let's get a little bit oh, of yeah. of, the mix of that 100%. there. Which is just, like, for, like, ball-centric sports, in like this is absolutely <laughs> nuts. But that's kind of how the game goes. Which So let's get into the big, the, the big boys. So we got the 2023 season. I read a story on NASCAR.com. I read another one, I think, on The Athletic about kind of what to look for in this 2023 season. I think you hit the big one off the top. But I'll 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 preface it with that and then throw it to you. Kyle Bush switches teams. He was basically at the top of every story I Googled where he goes from Joe Gibbs to Richard Childress. That seems like a big deal. Give me the lowdown on that, which you kind of already did, but just the what what are you looking for in 2023 in terms of like what's new, what's happening, what's the storylines going into this season?
1: Yeah. So there was, you know, we NASCAR has its own silly season. I'm pretty sure stick and ball sports used that term. Um, you know, towards the end of the, you know, 2022 season, you're saying, okay, this guy's contract is up. Where do we think he's going to land? He's going to be a free agent. Um, so Kyle Busch, so he had been at Joe Gibbs racing, which is a powerhouse Toyota driven for the last, you know, 15 years. They've been just on top of the sport, you know, the, them, um, Hendrick Motorsports, uh, Penske, um, there's been a few, you know, newcomers come in, but those three teams have in Stuart Haas racing as well, but, but those been the cream of the crop for the last 15 years so kyle bush uh and he's had mars which is m and skittles snickers all the candy brands he's been on that they've been on kyle bush's car for literally since like 2007 and it joe gibbs has a grandson named ty gibbs um, who I am not a big fan of. We gotta um,
2: ne- I'm glad you went here because we got a little nepotism <laughs> vibes. Kyle, uh what's I mean, the, the, the Gibbs, the younger Gibbs is now in the big boy seat, and it sounds like it might not have just been this guy's awesome. We need to put him in here.
1: Yeah, so uh no, not my not my opinion. So this is what happened. Kyle Bush, 15 years, two championships later, maybe one championship. I'm not very good with the historical numbers, but Just Hall of Famer. Absolutely. I mean, everyone knows who Kyle Busch is. Someone that's never watched NASCAR in their entire life. They know who Kyle Busch is. They've heard his name. He's very polarizing. He's great for the sport. He's great for sponsors. There's 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 a reason why Mars stuck with him for over 15 years. So Joe Gibbs comes out and says, we're having trouble finding funding or sponsorship for kyle bush next year in 2023
2: that didn't pass and, the smell test when you said it. that uh, seems yeah. ridiculous right
1: yeah i and know it's... who
2: kyle bush is and i did before <laughs> i met you right how does that make sense
1: so the, now mars I, I do think this is authentic and real and honest mars di- I, i'm assuming they came new executives new leadership team maybe new owner i don't know they wanted to basically downsize their NASCAR funding and their NASCAR marketing. I think that part's true and that part's real. However, Joe Gibbs is saying, okay, Mars is out, but I don't have anybody else to replace Mars with. So we are going to have to let Kyle Bush go. Then it comes out that Ty Gibbs is going to replace him, and they're going to change the number. They're trying to save their ass at this point. So Kyle Busch is number 18, and then Ty Gibbs is going to take his car, but they're going to put a 54 on it, and Monster is going to sponsor every race, and that's who sponsored him in the Xfinity series. Um, and and when that news came out, we were all like, okay, give me a break. Like, you, There's no way that Ty Gibbs is more marketable than Kyle Bush. Ty Gibbs has won one Xfinity championship. I'll give him that. He is he one. He's a hell of a race car driver, but he hasn't done shit in the Cup Series. Not to, not to get $30 million worth of funding. So everyone's kind of like, this doesn't add up. They're, they're, the Kyle Bush, I mean, you got to find funding for the guy. So he goes over to Richard Childress Racing, number eight car, which is not top tier. Uh, it hasn't been the last... I would say 10 years, they they have not been, you know, Dale Earnhardt used to race for Richard Childress racing. They, they, they were the, the upper echelon of this ser- the cup series, but not anymore uh, until last year, Tyler Reddick won a few races, made the playoffs and, and made a name for himself. So anyway, Kyle Busch goes to that car. And within the first like four or five days of it getting announced, he's got like five or six sponsors, just this day, sponsor, next day, sponsor, next day, sponsor, next day, sponsor. sponsor. And it's like, give me a break. You can't find funding for this guy. So all these things added together and it's like, okay, so Joe Gibbs wanted his grandson in the cup series. That's basically what it comes down to. And the reason I hate Ty Gibbs is because um, the first ever race was Daytona road course of 2021. And he was in a Joe Gibbs car, which is top of the top in the Xfinity series, but he was matched up against a veteran Xfinity driver, Daniel Hemrick, Who's was also in a Joe Gibbs car. So I'm like, okay, this is this kid's first race. Mind you, this is COVID era. So there's no practice in qualifying. The first laps he's going to turn are going to be on the track and it's a road course. And he has no idea what's going to happen. He goes out and wins the race and I lose my bet, like Max bet, <laughs> most confident bet of the year. I'm touting it all over everywhere. And he goes out and wins the race. And I'm just sitting there with like my hands up my ass going, I, I, I cannot stand this kid. So anyway, um, that's the lowdown on Kyle Bush and Ty Gibbs. My theory is the owner wanted to put his grandson in the seat, and he made up some BS excuse on how to get Kyle Bush out. That's it. How would that
2: basically went. be the equivalent of like say like Jerry Jones. He's got grandsons that play football. I think a couple of them walked on at Arkansas. Maybe I have that wrong. But like if he if 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 Jerry Jones had like a grandson that was like a Brock Purdy type, and then like Dak's Stock is kind of down. You know, not a great playoff outlook. And then maybe he has like an injury there. It's like actually we'd like to bring in Brock Purdy and bring him as the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. There's like there's enough legitimacy to not just be total suicide. And it's like, really, this is happening, but everyone knows what the game is. Is that kind of the situation?
1: You know, it is, and it really is at, at its, you know, finest point. That's probably the best correlation that you could give. However, it goes back to what I said earlier about it's all about the funding too, the sponsorship. Yeah. So while I don't believe that Joe Gibbs couldn't find funding for Kyle Bush. That was the best excuse that they possibly could have come up for, because there's going to be no proof that comes out unless something gets leaked. Right. But you know, Ty Gibbs had monster energy and Kyle Bush apparently did not. And yes, he would be a Brock Purdy. Now, obviously Brock Purdy's played very well. Yeah. Um, And Ty Gibbs has, he won the Xfinity championship last year. So he did race very well. Uh, but he he had 18 Cup Series starts last year because he filled in for Kurt, Kurt Busch, who had a concussion, yada, yada, and he ran like dog doo-doo. So I I do not think um, that he is going to have a stellar year. I hope that if, if anyone's listening that's in a uh, legal betting state, I, there's been rumblings that Caesars, MGM, and or Barstool are going to put out um, season-long final standings matchups. Oh, And the one that I will absolutely take hands down will be Noah Gregson to finish in the final standings higher than Ty Gibbs, so better than Ty Gibbs. And and Noah Gregson is in a, uh, not a dog shit car, but it's uh, middle of the road. But I think that I, I just, what I saw last year out of Ty Gibbs did not do it for me. Um, so anyway, that, that, that's a, I'd probably play that to at least minus 130, minus one thirty, minus one forty, If you get that line.
2: Is there any aspect of it? I Googled Ty Gibbs earlier. He's already a nepotism baby. He has a very punchable face. Is there any aspect of that in there? Because it's like, my God, he, did get,
1: he got could punched just create last year. hate a
2: guy like, God, I hate this guy. Cause he's just giving every opportunity. His face says that.
1: Yeah, no, he got punched last year. maybe Yeah. It was definitely last yes, year. Really Hill. by who? Yeah. Sam Mayer. So uh it was in the playoffs i believe maybe it was two years whatever someone will fact check me it it was last year the year before they're at martinsville which is a very short track and uh it's it's bumping and banging i mean you're getting spun and by the way ty gibbs wrecked his teammate who was ty gibbs was already locked into the championship he wrecked his teammate who was not locked in if he stayed where he was he would have made the championship race ty gibbs wrecked him okay that was last year so it had to been two years ago sorry so, uh, Ty Gibbs has fresh tires. He's coming through the field. It's very late in the race. A couple of laps left, and he gives Sam Mayer the boot and wrecks him. And after the race, uh, Sam Mayer comes down and gives him a little bumper action on pit road, which is a big no-no. Like you don't mess around on pit road. We got Brian Rippey, uh walking around on pit road. We 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 don't we don't need you people, have people getting, getting run legs over. chopped off. Y- yeah, you, you don't you you do not mess around on pit road. So Sam Mayer gives him the bumper. He gets Sam Mayer gets out of his car. Ty Gibbs gets out of his car, but he leaves his helmet on. So there's this altercation because everyone's mad at everybody. Because I got the bumper here, and then I gave the bumper back to you here, and they're like, hey, "It was your fault." No, it was your fault. It was just one of those. Well, Ty Gibbs leaves his helmet on, and Sam Mayer they get into a shoving match, right? And then in comes this haymaker from Ty Gibbs to Sam Mayer. He gets him pretty good, and Sam Mayer comes back up and is trying to punch him, and and but Ty Gibbs is a bitch and he's got his helmet on, so. That's how that went, but yes, I do agree with you that he does have a very punchable face. Now, if my mom was listening, which she probably will listen, I have to say this: Ty Gibbs did lose his father uh, the night that he won the championship last year. Uh, his father passed away the night that he won it, which was uh, sent shockwaves through the through the sport. And that's that's Joe Gibbs' son uh, who was very involved in the operation uh, and Ty Gibbs' father. So that that you know. I do watch what I say about him. Cause I, I, I don't know what that's like. Um, but I did want to say that because that, you know, that's tough. And, and you don't know how people are going to react after that. You don't know, you know, what's going to, happened going forward with him in the media and them asking him all these questions about it so i do feel for the guy um but that doesn't mean that i necessarily like
2: him Writer Mark i just played another podcast in the middle of this podcast somehow. i don't know how i did that but the so benefit of the doubt there but uh i think i think we're going to declare uh ty gibbs public enemy number one on this podcast yep. until further notice as we look at this 2023 standings we have Joey Logano, who won it, right? He He's coming off the title. He won it last year. Um, I don't know if this is a barstool-created feud, but I do remember a couple years ago, anti-Joey Logano people called him Joey Slogano. I don't know if that's still allowed now that he won the whole thing, but he wins it. I got to say, though, I, I, I would say I'm semi-well-versed in like knowing who NASCAR drivers are, The two guys after that in the mix, Ross Chastain and Christopher Bell, I I don't know who they are. And then you get into Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, keep going down there. I know who those guys are. Give me the lowdown on these two guys who finished that high. Are they rising stars? What's kind of the read on them?
1: Both of them are rising stars. Um, Ross Chastain is a watermelon farmer from South Florida, Alma, Florida. And, um, yeah, he, he's, he's raced for, I actually, we did a deep dive on him a couple weeks ago in our podcast. He's raced for 23 different NASCAR teams throughout his career, which is crazy. And no one's ever heard of him because he's driven ship boxes, but he drives every single race. He drives like that's going to be his last race. I mean, he's putting bumpers to people. He's wrecking people. If you're in my way, you're getting out of the way. And at Martinsville last year, which is the race before the championship. And NASCAR has this, uh, playoff style elimination style, uh, playoff format. And so it's, you know, it's winning you're in and if, you know, it, it, it brings out craziness. And so Martinsville is this paper. It looks like a paper clip, the track. So long straightaway which is not that long. And then really tight corner and you go 180 degrees the other way. And it's just straight. And you know, there's a lot of bumpers. It's hard to pass. A lot of bumpers get used. Well, Ross Chastain was like four or five spots back of, Advancing to the championship race, and there's an extremely viral clip that went out of him riding the wall. So what he did was he stayed up at the wall and did not break. You have to put a significant amount of break to make this corner at Martinsville to turn around 180 degrees and go back the other way. He does not touch the brake. He gets up by the wall and lays the pedal to the metal all the way down all the way through the corner and passes like five dudes and advances to the championship round. So that's what really put Ross Chastain on the map. Like I said, he raced for 23 different teams, but he's probably only like, you know, 30 years old. He's still relatively young. You know, he still could potentially be not at his prime yet. Um, But he races for a new team track house racing with Justin Marks as the owner. He's done incredible things for this sport and will continue to. And he's he's a young guy. He's only like 35 and he's owning NASCAR teams. He's got two teams and they win, right? He finished second in the standings. Uh, but Ross Chastain's a crowd favorite. I'm pretty sure most everybody likes Ross Chastain, except for other drivers. Cause he likes to put the bumper to people. Um, yeah. Look out for his, if you guys are looking for a, a guy to root for Ross Chastain, he gives, he gives, pretty good interviews um but he's always in the spotlight cuz he, he's he's doing this to this somebody and somebody else is going fuck Ross Chastain I can't believe you did this uh, uh he's he's I guess he's polarizing but also at the same time a lot of people love him um Christopher Bell on the other hand he will be a superstar the only drawback to Christopher Bell and he drives for Joe Gibbs Racing he 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 came on that 20 car that that's his number uh he's that car has historically been the worst car at joe gibbs well last year he had stretches like four or five race stretches where he was the top finishing jgr driver and he was ripping it i mean he was balls to the wall consistent finishes but he gets out of the car and he's like yeah we had a pretty good car today uh looking forward to the race this weekend um you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, can't thank my wife enough and, uh, we'll see you guys Sunday. <laughs> and it's just like, come on, dude, give me something. Right. But yeah, he's quiet. He's reserved. He doesn't get in trouble. He's good for the sport. Meaning like, you know, he's not going to bubble Wallace us and, you know, Talk cause all this. On. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a corporate guy. Yeah. You could put it that way. So, but, uh, Chris Verbell will be a superstar in this sport. He, I, I think he's going to be the next, you know, Denny Hamlin. He may not win a championship, Uh, but he is going to win a lot of races and he will be a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, he's probably, he's my age, he's probably 26, 27. Um, So he's got a lot of bright years ahead of him, but that, let me say one more thing about you saying, you making that comment about, okay, who the hell is Ross Chastain and Christopher Bell and how did they finish second and third in the championship standings, this new car. So the idea behind this new car is it's going to lower costs for the teams because a lot like, 90% 90% of the parts that they're going to get are all the same. They're going to get them from the same supplier. They're all going to charge the teams the same. The teams cannot manufacture any parts of the car. Um, now, you're, you still have the top teams at the top. You still have Hendrick, Joe Gibbs, Stuart Haas, Penske. You are st- still you throw Trackhouse in there. That's Ross Chastain's team. You're still going to have those teams at the top. But it allowed for a new team like Trackhouse to come in and battle for a championship standing which in you know even two years ago there was be there would be literally probably a zero percent shot that a brand new team would make the final four or the championship four and so that's what this new car has brought has brought a little bit more parity into it like i was saying at the very beginning you got guys that are maybe finished finishing 20th 25th the 30th that are now scoring top 10s and that's it's good and it's bad for a gambler if you're you know like i said earlier if you can beat vegas to it you can cash
2: who's the favorite to win the point standings this year. Is it Logano again, but who are kind of like, I mean, you probably just covered two of them, but who are kind of the main names that could win the uh, overall points championship this year?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty much the same people every year, you know, Ross Chastain will, um, will, will come all the way down to probably, well, I'm going to pull it up right here. Um, <clears throat> Draft Kings. Oh, here we go. Sorry. So Chase Elliott on DraftKings, and by the way, uh, outright market and futures market typically DraftKings has the best lines. Okay, um, but Chase Elliott's five and a half to one, Kyle Larson six to one, Denny Hamlin eight to one, Blaney ten to one. Which Blaney didn't win a single race last year, which was pretty crazy. Um, I think he's going to have a pretty good year. But I, you know, I put out a, a power rankings on my buddy I Fantasy Race uh, Ryan. I put you know my Skybox twenty twenty three power rankings. And I actually have Kyle Bush second. Uh, I think Kyle Bush is going to be, you know, the Chevys showed a lot of speed last year. Um, and I, 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 Vegas, I don't know where I'm going with this. Chase Elliott is my number one. He, he always yep. will be as long as he is the. He, so he's been. Let me take a breath for a second. There have been two last names that have won most popular driver in NASCAR since the nineties. And it's Elliot and Earnhardt. So Bill oh. Elliott and Dale Earnhardt used to win it in the eighties and nineties. And then now, then it was Dale jr. For like 15 years in a row. And now it's chase Elliot. And as long as chase Elliot is the most popular driver, chase Elliot will be in contention for championships. There is, there is no doubt in my mind about that. Call it a conspiracy, call it a tinfoil hat. I don't care what you call it, call it smart business. Chase Elliott will be a contender and unless he gets knocked dethroned from most popular drivers. So Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson is generational talent. I mean, Kyle Larson, you can put him in anything and he will be competitive. I mean, he picked up dirt racing a few years ago after his debacle and he got fired from NASCAR and um, he won. He was the guy with
2: the eye racing slip up in COVID, right? When no one had anything to do. I'm glad to see he's overcome this. That's good to hear. Dude.
1: The year that he came back from that, he won 10 races and won the championship. It was I remember absurd. you
2: telling me that's right. That's yeah, right. I remember it was it.
1: crazy. Yeah. It was just absolutely nuts. So Kyle Larson, and he's only like 27 or 28. He will be a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, and then you got guys like Denny Hamlin who have never won a championship, but they're they've they've, you know, he's had seasons where he's won nine races. And to put it in perspective, there's 36 races in a NASCAR season. Denny Hamlin. I I think Joey Logano has a a digressing year. Uh, He's a veteran, you know, he, he won in key moments last year and obviously had a really fast car at the championship race. Uh, But some guys to look out for, in my opinion, Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, some of these guys that are maybe 10 to one, 16 to one, 20 to one in the championship. um, Those are the guys that I would probably be looking for. Now, I, I have since I went ahead and segued into championship bets, um, I would not bet on Chase Elliott or Kyle Larson at five and a half or six to one, respectively. I would wait to see if you got a guy because these these championship odds, they're just like every other sport. Every week after the race, they they re, they put them up again. Right. And they change the lines. Um, I would I would hope and pray that Chase Elliott and or Kyle Larson has a shitty start to the season and maybe you could grab them at eight to one, nine to one. Um, but I, I take the stance of if I'm going to bet someone and you have to remember, the Cup Series is going to be a shit show this year and it's going to be very difficult to handicap. I'm going to take those guys. It, they cannot be lower than 10 to one. They have got to be 10 to one or higher if I'm going to sniff them.
2: OK, so I have a question about this is last year you mentioned this to me. How many what the first leg of the playoffs and if you win a race, you get in the playoffs. That is correct, right? Yep.
1: yep. How many
2: people get in the first leg of the playoffs?
1: Sixteen. So, So
2: you told me one point last year or the year before that having close to 16 guys win a race in a given year is very rare. We had the new car thing, and I was going through the standings earlier today prepping for this. I think it was definitely more than 16. I counted 18 or 19 guys that won a race 19. last year. There's a lot of ones, too. That was a rare year in that sense, right? Like, And that had to be because of the new technology. That had to be a little bit of kind of a mind uh, a mind pretzel in terms of the amount of guys that won races last year. That is almost unprecedented
1: absolutely it was a record uh it was it was crazy at the the amount like austin centric rookie wins the daytona 500 first race of the year and we're all like what the fuck is going yeah, on Yeah, how here? does that
3: happen
1: yeah jesus and then you got guys like daniel suarez first career win ross chastain first career win um a few other guys had first career wins that you would have just you know wow they they won that early uh tyler reddick for an example so um yes uh, this time last year if you and I listen to NASCAR radio every day to and from work and people talk about, Oh, it's going to happen. One of these days, there's going to be more than 16 winners. And the radio hosts are like, all right, keep dreaming, buddy. Like take that shit somewhere else. I'm tired of talking about it. And then we had 19 winners last year. And it's like, what the fuck just happened? I mean, I, I,
2: so how does that work? Did they get in the playoffs all 19?
1: So uh, one of the guys that won a race Kurt Busch was, uh medically disqualified i don't know what the right word is he got a concussion and never came back it basically ended his career so that one's out um what else happened i can't i can't remember off the top of my head but no not everybody got in um they only took the top 16 and uh they'll be firm on that but the the idea was that if you win a race you get in the playoffs so um so the I gotta actual be rule is
2: just the top 16, but like it was a rule too. Like if you had, if you won a race, you got in, but like the actual fine print is you have to be top 16. Is that what we had to discover last year?
1: So it was the top 16, but you also had to be inside a certain threshold of points, like top 30 or top something. I gotta be honest with you. I I don't have a good answer for you. I don't okay. know. Yeah. I don't know. I was just curious can, if
2: NASCAR here is making up rules on the fly or they had to, go I just,
1: to I don't know. Rem- I just don't remember. I can't remember how they did it, who got in and who didn't get in. i I just don't have it pulled up right now, but um, I'll get back to you. How about that?
2: Give me a long shot. That's going to have a big year that no one's talking ooh. about.
1: Ooh, 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 I like this. I like the question. Well, not a long shot. Um, and well, is a long shot, but shouldn't be a shocker. They, the, the, Vegas put out Kyle Bush at like 20 to one, which is wow, probably never happened in his career. But he's going to Chevy, and I think they have it completely wrong on DraftKings. He's all the way down to 12 to one, which they got it right. Uh, I think he should be about 12 to one, but uh, I think Caesar still has him at a pretty decent number, maybe 16 or 18 to one, which is still mind boggling to me. Um, guys like Tyler Reddick, he's 15 to one, I would look at. Um, Chase Briscoe, who is really fast last year on the short flat tracks, a.k.a. Phoenix, a.k.a. the championship race. Um, so Chase Briscoe currently sitting at 40 to one. The thing with NASCAR and this elimination style playoff format is if you get hot at the right time, you win one race at Daytona, which is pretty open. Right. You know, we saw a rookie win it last year. Um, And then you you point your way in in the playoffs. Maybe you squeak in a road course victory. You can make it all the way to the final four and not be a top tier driver. Um, I probably wouldn't go any further down than Chase Briscoe at 40 to one. I mean, you got guys like Bubba Wallace, definitely possible, but I'm not looking to bet it. Ryan Priest, who's making his return to the Cup Series. I think he's going to win a few races, but I don't think he's going to go to the championship. I guess just the eyeball test here, Daniel Suarez, who is Ross Chastain's teammate, he's sitting at 50 to one. I would not put a substantial wager on it, but watch out for this guy. If he has any of the similar speed that Ross Chastain had in his car last year, watch out for Daniel Suarez. So, um, I, I, you know, I don't really have any long shots, but I can give you some of my futures bets that I've already placed at the wonderful Caesar sportsbooks let's do
2: it throw it out long shot was probably the wrong term just kind of under the radar sleeper is probably yeah yeah
1: yeah i i if i if you gun to my head i'd give you chase briscoe that that's who my sleeper uh 40 to 1 out of nowhere that's who that's where i would now uh ross chastain last year 80 to 1 preseason and he finished second in the championship standings and he was one ryan blaney block away from winning the whole thing at 80 to 1 which is
2: bonkers. That would have been a massive payout. So one of the things you taught me very quickly last year, as we kind of wrap up and get to the end here is there's 36 races and you don't take weeks off. There's no off. There's also no real break in the schedule, right? I think you told me like maybe Easter, Mother's Day, something like it's that. It's Father's like,
1: Day this year. We're racing on Easter, baby.
2: So it's 35 to <laughs> 36 weeks. And these guys are just having to go do it. I did read earlier today. There's at least one new track. There may be a couple I think that happens pretty much every year. Kind of give me the new track laydown and how that could affect the schedule.
1: There's a couple new tracks. Um, it doesn't happen every year, but the last few years it has happened, which I'm I'm a, a fan of NASCAR. Me being I'm putting my fan hat on. Awesome. Great stuff. They're going to a brand new concept, which is the Chicago Street Course, which is is that all F1
2: flavor, or did they just it's do definitely, this? Definitely.
1: That's that's all F1 flavor. I mean, that is F1 flavor to the T. I mean, that is some fried chicken. Okay. That is like the be- I mean, come on, baby. That's F1. Now, the if you asked a 60-year-old NASCAR fan, they'd be like, oh, that garbage. Oh, that stock car, 3,500-pound pound. 3, Stock car on a street course, that ain't going to work. Well, it's going to be entertaining. I can promise you that. And the <laughs> ticket prices, the ticket prices, buddy, they're like 700 bucks for a three-day pass. I mean, there ain't no slouch. Wow. I mean, yeah, they're, it's it's F1 style. There ain't no doubt. Uh, but the one I'm really excited about is North Wilkesboro, and it was on the NASCAR schedule since the beginning of NASCAR. And it the final race there was, I want to say, in the late 90s. And then it just sat there and it rotted and they didn't have, they would test every once in a while. They'd have a, a charity event here. Hey, bring your car, drive it on the track, whatever. Um, and then there was a bill passed in North Carolina that gave $30 million to, to divide it up to all of the tracks, the, the auto racing tracks in NASCAR, which I believe was originally uh Charlotte Motor Speedway was the going to be the original beneficiary of it, but in order to get it passed, they basically had to spread the wealth to all these different tracks. So North Wilkesboro took that money, renovated their stands, their track, their pits, their concessions, everything, and shit, now they got the all-star race. So they're moving the all-star race from Texas to North Wilkesboro. It's in the middle of nowhere you will be on a two-lane road when you get off i-95 for probably two or three hours until you get there you're probably going to park in someone's farm right and it is going to be one of the greatest spectacles of the the entire 2023 season that's going to be the last weekend or the second to last weekend in may and that will be a very fun event to watch in my opinion so north wilkesboro and the chicago street course are the two new tracks this year
2: And kind of lastly, you mentioned at the top of this, you actually enjoy the Xfinity Series kind of more than anything else. That's kind of the second tier of drivers. What makes you enjoy that more? And what are you excited about in the Xfinity Series this year?
1: So first and foremost, uh, they have more horsepower than the Cup cars do. They have 750 horsepower. The Cup cars have 650 horsepower. Um, They also have a different body style. They have a a carbon fiber. And basically what that means is um, if they hit the wall, you know, not hard enough or not too hard, but just hard enough, the body will bend. And then when they get off the wall, it'll pop back out like nothing happened. And so oh. these guys, and they're also, these guys are 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, and they're fighting for their opportunity to go race in the cup series. So you got guys, Ty Gibbs, Noah Gregson, Sammy Smith, Sam Mayer, Justin Allgaier. You got these guys that they race so hard and they, they, bang the wall and they bang cars and they i mean there's so much competition in the top like 15 you don't know who's gonna win that race and it is so fun to watch the the cars are literally sideways coming off the corner and you see that their hands going like sawing on the wheel and it it's just every, all of that added together and then you put in the actual racing of side by side and you know the cup you'll hear the cup drivers complain oh you can't pass in this car because of the aerodynamics well in the xfinity series you don't ever hear that because if you can wheel a car and you got a fast car you're going to be able to get around that guy so the xfinity series in my opinion is i think what they should do and this will never happen because of money technology you name it if they could just take the xfinity car and make it the cup car just take the same exact specs the same exact car and just make it the cup series all of our problems would be solved that's my opinion
2: interesting so as we wrap up here is there anything we missed is there any big storyline I missed is there anything you'd like to tell the uh, folks out there as if they're diving into Skybox NASCAR this year is there anything we missed
1: Oh man loaded question um if you're ever out of race message me on Twitter let's drink some beer um I'd appreciate some support on the podcast we're trying to get that up and running I'm trying to I'm not trying to make a career out of this but um it's certainly trending that way. Uh, I really enjoy doing this. We're going to have some merchandise coming out here shortly, but yeah, if you could just support the Twitter at skybox NASCAR, um, you know, we're hitting the ground running this weekend at the clash. We'll have some plays and, uh, it'll be a fun event. We got practice and qualifying on Saturday. And then, uh, the race on Sunday is actually over there in the LA Coliseum. So that'll be, uh, that's a pretty cool spectacle. And, um, I appreciate you having me on, man. This, this is wonderful every year. I'm sorry if I rambled too much.
2: This was amazing, but I have two last things before I let you escape this. The overlord at Skybox told me you will have a sticker on a car at some point this year. He said, I don't know the terminology. I said, that's okay. I'll just spit it out. Like I'm four years old. And he'll explain <laughs> it to me. Do we have a sticker for Skybox NASCAR? Or what's going on with that?
1: I see. I forgot about that. My, my, my brain, I got thrown. I threw my own self off. No. So, uh, I You know, I'm an iRacer. I still iRace. And uh, I got involved through Derek in uh, this this league called Monday Night Racing. And it's a pretty big league. There's a lot of NASCAR drivers in it, a lot of crew chiefs, a lot of sponsors, a lot of just people in the NASCAR world, media members. They race in this Monday Night League. And so I got in. I was making some fun odds for them to put up on the broadcast and some matchups and stuff. And now Derek does all that. But I had the opportunity to sponsor a car. In, you know, in iRacing in this league, then, you know, it wasn't very expensive. It was, you know, he would shout me out. I got a, you know, the whole back bumper was mine. It said at Skybox NASCAR and uh, his name's Presley Sora. And he just announced last week that he's going super late model racing, which is um, just another lower series. It's not on TV, uh, just kind of a local deal. And he said, hey, I'm looking for sponsors. Would you be interested? And I'm like, sure. Yeah. First time on a real And so I'm actually sponsored the whole car on his late model, but the guy that owns the car also has an ARCA team. And so they'll be racing at Daytona in a few weeks, the same, the day before the Daytona 500. And so we got a Skybox Sports uh, logo on the car, which is super cool. So that came along with the sponsorship of Presley's late model. And, um, we'll be down there. We'll take some pictures. We'll shake some babies, kiss some, I mean, uh, kiss some babies, shake some hands. And uh, we're gonna have a good old time down there. So yeah, first, first real life sponsorship. Um, looking to you know, build this brand with uh, all the guys at Skybox and um, and have some fun with it.
2: That's amazing. That, the Skybox NASCAR just to the moon. And then one last thing that I had that you made me that you made me think of earlier. You mentioned you got media passes as this is kind of continues to take off for you. Where do the media people watch races? I know that sounds simplistic, but like. Or like, maybe you could get everything from like the TV booth and all that. But if you have like a media pass, where's like the Bob Pockris and all that watching races? Like, where where does that happen?
1: You're doing your homework. You know who Bob Pockris is. Oh, yeah. We're just a real
2: NASCAR head at this point.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm still a fan. You know, I I do this because I love it. And I, I, you know, I I am trying to make a a business out of this and make this uh, make this a fun deal. Um, So I watch the race in the stands. I use that pass to go down before the race, take some pictures, take some videos, meet some drivers, talk to them, just kind of do the thing, right? You know, shake and bake. Um, Bob Pachris is all over the place. He's in the garage. He's on pit road. Uh, He's, he could be in the NASCAR officials box trailer. He, I mean, he could be anywhere. And he watches it probably from the garage and pit road Um, You know, he's got his computer. He's probably got a TV somewhere that he's keeping up with this because, you know, he's live tweeting, you know, me as a gambler. If I'm sitting on my couch um, and Bob Pockers has an update on what Chase Elliott's doing to his car in the garage, is he going to or I guess, you know, if he hears something on pit road, uh, okay, he's going to tweet it out. And maybe that's something I can use to go either bet on him or bet against him. So, for me, I'm still a fan at heart. I'll I'll do my stuff pre race and and also post race. You can go back down in there. uh, I got to the coolest thing that I got to do last year, which was like the literally a dream come true, was um, I was at Bristol and uh, we bet on Ty Majeski. And I got to go celebrate in victory lane with Ty Majeski with a physical winning ticket that I bet at the sports book 15 minutes up the road that was the coolest thing that I have ever gotten to do in my entire life and it was a truck series but we bet on him we were in victory lane the fireworks were going off we're all drinking beer having a great time it was it was incredible
2: so as uh I don't want to put a ceiling on where all this is going but you mean you're also a Jags fan yeah, the Jags win a playoff game. I mean, we talking Mark Harris, Skybox. Have we peaked in 22 and 2023? How does this get better? I mean, things are just rolling left and right for you. The Jags have a bright future. This just has to be an absolute coming out year for Skybox Sports, Skybox NASCAR and Mark Harris.
1: Last year was um, one of the best years of my life uh, from a just like the kid in me that I could have never imagined at 26 years old that I would have the opportunities in NASCAR that I do. Cause I was just so much of a fan. Um, I, you know, I don't really have many long-term goals. I, I still have a day job and I'm actually making a career change um, here in the next week or so. Um, but, you know, we'll see where it goes. Um, the, the opportunities that have gotten me to this point have been basically riding on coattails of other people and this upcoming season, I'd you know I'd like to, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. You know, everyone at Skybox and and Derek Yoder um, have presented me with phenomenal opportunities, and those two people or those two entities will will continue to be a part of everything we're doing. But yeah, I think ultimately, if I could um, have my own race team, I know that sounds crazy, um, but if we could have like a Skybox Racing or a Skybox Sports Racing, uh, that would probably be the coolest thing that I could ever do in my entire life. So we're going to give it a shot. We'll see what happens. You know, got a long way to go. Ain't no doubt.
2: I believe in you. And if I ever make millions and millions of dollars, you can count on me as a sponsor beyond that, you know, hundreds of millions we're making on this podcast. Yeah. Flybox, Mark Harris. I really appreciate the time I'm at. I look forward to this every year. We might have to get you on for a check-in. I'd like to, I would, like for you to continue the updates. If someone physically assault someone. If you have some sort of beef, I would like for those to continue, but this is a ton of fun, my man. We'll do it sometime soon.
1: Yes, sir. I'll always keep you updated on the beef. Thanks for having me, buddy. I appreciate it.
2: All right, that was our NASCAR for Dummies preview. Always enjoy chopping it up with Mark. Be sure to check out his podcast. Very entertaining guy and very good at what he does. Really appreciate his time. We'll be back at it with a a couple of guests later on this week that I won't disclose yet, but still working through the process. But we'll catch you here in a couple of days. Thank you for listening as always.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?